Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome back to Orgasmic Terrorist. Jenna and Sarah here. We're going to talk about sex. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. Are you ready? Yes. I picked an interesting topic today. I wanted to talk about kinks. I want to talk about some of the psychology behind the kinks. Woo! That's my favorite part. Do you have any kinks, Jenna? I do. I have oh. a lot of kinks. I'm an ever-evolving kink finder in my life. And right, uh, we have an hour's worth of right, know, right? <laughs> we're gonna keep it small today we're gonna keep it small we got many more podcasts to delve into <laughs> the sexual proclivities of jenna <laughs> but yeah no i think porn growing up was again it's like this ever-evolving thing so porn back in the day was like skinamax and and the black box and i remember parents would go to bed and i would be on the couch and I'd be like looking around, making sure I was okay. And then I, you know, you'd watch the thing and there's still this porn that I watched. I don't think I've ever seen it again, but I remember the, the name of it. It's called Randy and Alexander. And there was like this fingering scene on the couch that just blew my mind. It was the sexiest thing I'd ever seen. I don't think at the time fingering was something that was a part of the repertoire. It was probably, I don't know, 17 or 18 when I watched this one specific porn. And I was like, oh, I want to see what that's like. Because that's at that time, uh, I had never come sexually penetratively and only orally. And still to this day, my biggest orgasms are oral. Like, it, it's a definite for me. If you are a person that does not appreciate that, you, you and I are not going to be partners because it's, it's a, a must-have for me. So I think porn was probably my first delve into, like, kink things and the first platform, of course. Jesus, what you can't find is probably shorter than what you can't find the list of. But I think I didn't really get into wanting to try kinks until probably, oh, I don't know, uh, five or six years ago. There's a plethora of sex clubs up here in Portland. And I am a voyeur at heart. I love watching. I think it's so sexy. I'm shy i know you know most people that know me are like but i actually am very private and very shy when it comes to i don't really get down for sex i can and i have and i've enjoyed it but like my druthers are is like a smaller private thing i don't like people knowing what i'm doing i think that's a kink in itself where it's just like this little thing to me but we were at one of the sex clubs my husband and I were, and they have a room of like bondage, like BDSM stuff. They have the cross on the wall and they have the, I can't remember, it's the sawhorses with the padding on it. So you can be put up and put down and I need to find the language for whatever that is, but it's a sawhorse and yeah. And then there's another raised bed in there and just, like just happened to catch the scene of these couple being flogged was I was like, oh shit, that looks like it hurts so bad. And I, oh my God, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, how can she take this? And it was not gentle. And then I was like, I'm interested in figuring out what that was like or whatever. And, and so just discreetly started 
talking to partners at the time and seeing if anybody had that proclivity. My husband does to an extent, but it's not his thing and it's not a requirement for me. And because I have the capability of having other partners, I seek out my needs from these other partners. If one doesn't do this, that's fine. I can get this from this person or whatever. I think like flogging or spanking, the idea around it was probably like my first, oh, I think I have a kink. I don't think that I really honored or addressed like what that meant for me until that moment where I was like, this is so fucking hot. Oh my God. But it terrifies me. Like I had no knowledge around it other than seeing, which is, it's always a show. It's always a show, especially when you're uneducated. But had actually the partner that I have on and off again now was married at the time. And both of us had these wants, needs, desires to explore BDSN flogging and spanking and the bondage aspect, the rope play, that type of stuff. And we're sweet at in our, in our late thirties, like each other's firsts and a hotel night where it was just like, holy shit, <laughs> super hot. And I got to be spanked and flogged and we did a lot of research and it was like, okay, red, yellow, green, blue was for us, which is red is clearly stop. Yellow is I'm on the edge, but keep going. Green is all is well. And was keep going and do it a little more, like elevate a little more. I had one other additional one I told you about last week. My additional one to that schematic was beige. That's right. Explain to me what beige was again. Uh, the color of the ceiling is beige. You're not interested in me at all. I guess so. The opposite of blue, which, which I love. Beige is like that perfect thing. You can, yeah. So blue or beige, I guess you could interchange them because it's, I like what's going on, but like, no, I guess in beige, you're just like, this is boring. This is boring. No, no, no. Next. So maybe I'll add that one too. So funny because we, he was very concerned being new. We were both very concerned of like, how do we do this appropriately for each other? You don't want to cause harm. You don't want to cause hurt. You don't want to cause trauma. You don't want to do any of those things. No trauma there. None at all. It was just cute. It was sweet and cute. It was a very sexy night. It was the only one that we actually ended up ever having. Things changed after that, shifted for our relationship for a while. And though we've been seeing each other again recently, which is three, four years after that experience, hasn't really been delved back into. But I have that need met now from the boyfriends. I like I'm good. But I think that's how I started was just like going and being a voyeur and seeing these things that were like titillating and shocking and made my nipples hard and made my panties with it. And I was like, oh, there's something to this. This is maybe something that I like to try and not to bring up my father in such a scenario, but he always said, try it three times to make sure. <laughs> he also said, <laughs> don't knock it till you tried it. And I don't want to know all of his experiences. He was a pretty deviant gentleman in his entire life. But I think that I find those proclivities are the same where if I see something that does that catch of the breath or sparks me in some way, I'm like, I think I'm going to have to try that. Just check it out. Maybe three times. We got to see. That's Maybe it's the right the first time. <laughs> no, it's funny you bring up the sex club and the flogging because my... I went to kink night at one of these events, one of the sex clubs here. And I went to kink night with my first serious lover. And I didn't look up. I just said, oh, well, there's a sex club. Let's go. So we bought tickets. And then we were at dinner and I'm like looking up the calendar because I didn't think to look on what night it would be. Like it could be game. 
don't know. And I go to look up, I'm like, oh, it's kink night. And he goes, what's kink? <laughs> he, was, he was a lot older than me. Oh, I like my old man. And I was like, those things like you get spanked, tie it down, like coming, trying to come up with these really innocent things <laughs> and bringing up kinky stuff. I'm like, when you suck on someone's toes. So I was like, those things. And he goes, like, yeah, those are called kinks. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, it's a night of it. And he goes, oh, my. And I'm like, yeah, two virgin, vanilla virgins are going to show up at King Night for the very first time. And we're going to get an eye exposure. It was very eye-opening to me. But the one that sucks with me wasn't the women getting flogged. That didn't bother me as much as there was a young man. And I only assumed he was young because he had a beautiful cock. And I did associate that at the time with that. So a young man sitting on a table and he was getting caned. That wasn't a bad thing. But they were caning his penis. And so I was standing back going, don't do that. Don't do that to that. Do that to him, not that. You don't beat that up. <laughs> right. Honor the penis. But yeah, that was my first exposure to kink night at a sex club. We're going to talk about CBT later, which is cockball torture. Much later, because I did get into a little bit of that. <laughs> a little you did. A little. Yeah, there you go. It can be something mundane too, right? And it can be a lot of trauma-related stuff. A lot of people, and I don't know the stats, but I'm going to say it's a really high percentage of people like you and I that like BDSM and bondage and, and that type of rough play that have had sexual trauma, especially at a young age. It's very prevalent. Like I was horribly abused as a child. I was beaten. I was slapped in the face. I was mentally and emotionally tortured. And I think that has all led into like people pleasing and the fear of abandonment and the disappointment trauma and all the things. But it's been very liberating for me in finding kinks in this community for me specifically around taking it back. Like my moniker is genitalia. I didn't come up with that as beautiful as that is. I was given that in elementary school by kids because my name's Jenna. I hated it. It was horrible to be called genitalia back in six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And it has worked for me in my adult life. Like I took it back. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And it's become like such a thing. People know me as genitalia now. And it just delights me because it's, ah, yeah, I took this bad thing and I made it like this amazing, wonderful thing. And I think that myths out in your sexual life, if you allow it to, in such beautiful, healthy ways. I don't feel like I'm the child that's being beaten if I'm getting beat. And I don't mean people need to understand when we're talking about kinks. And, and some people's kinks are like black eyes and bruises and all the stuff. I love being marked. I love bruises. I love hickeys, all the little things that were shameful when we were younger. I'm like, oh yeah, do it. But I think that it's nice to be able to take what was oppressive and, and hurtful and hateful and nasty, these things that were done to you bring it forward in such a beautiful way and have like such healing around that trauma. That's what it has been for me. I am, I don't, I think a lot of people don't understand <clears throat> in sub-dom relationships, right? Because I, I have some of those in my life too. The incorrect assumption is that the dominant partner is in control. And that is simply not the case at all. They are in control of the scene, sure, but they are beholden to you. 
the sub is actually the person that's calling the shots. And the minute that that doesn't work for you anymore, you get to stop that. So you in submissive state are still actually the leader of it. And I think that's been super helpful for me too, because it all stems from abuse that took place in my life that made me feel so much less than. And now I have this beautiful opportunity to take these things and find pleasure in them. And I think super erotic pleasure for me. I, the whole cane thing, like I love being caned. I love a good mark. I love a good sting of pain. It's very erotic for me. And so I'm, I've been proud to work through my traumas and met it out in this other whole different way. I think I enjoy my wooden spoons. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. What's your favorite toy? My favorite toy currently is my magic wand, but that is not a cane. Oh, that's a new one. That's a new one. That's right. That's my new favorite one. But right. um, my favorite uh, impact toy is the wooden spoon. I, I don't know what it is. And it's a beautiful wooden spoon. And I would show it to you or put a picture online, but somehow it got lost in my room. Yeah. So I bought another wooden spoon the other day. I know it's going to break because it's not as beautiful as the other one. This one will break. The other one. But when I was a child, my mom, in the religion I was raised in or the ministry I was, they were, they reprimanded with a wooden spoon and it was supposed to recorrect you to a better behavior. My mom spent all this time making this beautiful wooden spoon and she engraved it and she stained it. She made this beautiful wooden spoon. That was supposed to be my my reprimand tool and <laughs> the first time she went to use it on me she was so angry because you're not supposed to hit a child with the, the church you weren't supposed to hit them out of anger you were supposed to hit them for we correct first time she used that thing she used it out of anger and she broke it on my ass <laughs> <laughs> Dude, talk about trauma, like having your mom like specifically decorate this. It's not like getting a switch from grandma. It is on akin to like go pick out your own fucking switch. But like this sit is there and watch your mom like make this tool. It's going to beat you. <laughs> yeah. Now I have I bring my own wind spoons to play and I reclaim it. But that wasn't my first kink. My first exposure to kink, all time first exposure to kink was... This really funny incident. I was living with a man and he had just moved into the house. And I think we were like maybe a month within the first month of living together. And we both worked the night shifts. We would come home in the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning. We would cook dinner, maybe have sex. But I had to stay awake to six to go get my son from my mom's house because we didn't want to disturb the house to pick up my son pick him up, bring him home, get him ready for school, and then send him off to school. And then I could go to sleep. So it was a cockeyed. That was our only time to be awake, basically. So we would do all these really fun things. And every time I would go to the bathroom, he would go, can I watch? And I'm like, sure, if that's what you want to do. Because I had jokingly heard about golden showers in high school and everything, but oh, yeah. never thought anybody really wanted to watch me pee. But he's, can I watch? I'm like, sure. Then it was like after the first week, it wasn't, can I watch? But can I finger you while you pee? No. And I was like, quick escalation. No. And he's like, how am I going to pee if you're fingering me? He goes, you will, you'll learn. (laughs) See? Now is that, do you consider that a kink of yours now? No, no. But it is in a way because that actually, I thought about it. 
much later in life. And when I found out that I'm a squirter, that's how you get squirters to, you know, women that feel like they could be squirters. How you get them to release is you tell them it's okay to pee. You're fingering, you know, like, I got to go pee. I got to go pee. Stop. No, it's okay to pee. Go ahead and release it. And then most of the time it isn't really urine coming out. It actually is a squirt pile up. It's the same feeling for sure. So that's what made me more comfortable. I think that led me into that. And I am definitely a squirter. I'm a flutter is my new term. <laughs> I ruined bed. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. I didn't like it when I first figured it out. I, I felt dirty and gross. Yes. And I was just like, this is just not, I would watch these friends and it would be like this whole other orgasm. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing that I'm not doing? I understand that it's not pee. Like people need to understand that squirting is not pee, that pee can happen sometimes in those things, but that is not what what this is. And I'd like to think that because I waited so long into figuring this out, that's why I have so much. <laughs> it's just been stored for years and it's just coming out when it needs to. <laughs> I think it's interesting to because I didn't like it. And now it's this whole other thing for me where it is definitely a kink of mine now. I do squirting. I do like wrecking rooms. I do like making an imprint. I have sheets that I travel with to catch so they don't ruin uh, hotel rooms. I've got pads that go on top of that. And it's a pretty easy cleanup when we're done, but definitely allows you to have the moment of like your wet works or whatever you want to call that. But you and I have discussed in the past, and I wanted to bring it up for our listeners too, me going through some of the sex training that I've gone through, sex coach training. It was taught to me that our pinnacle moments in sex should be directly connected to childhood trauma. Ultimate pleasures, if you can think of one, if you can go back and try and trace that direct line back to something that happened to you, what you're talking about with the wooden spoon, right? You were, a wooden spoon was used on you. And then lo and behold, this penultimate sexual experience is the spoon that you have in your life now. And I think a lot of mine is also the same thing. Smack in the face every once in a while, that really gets me going. And I used to get smacked in the face. It was super unpleasant when I was a kid, right? Now I get to ask for it and it just lights me on fire. I'm ready to go. And I have found going back for me personally, that does more truth for me. Like all of my pinnacle sexual erotic moments are based with a direct tether to a childhood trauma that I've had. And it's a heavy road when you first open your brain up to thinking about that because it seems so fucked up, like, ew, like gross, like shameful. But again, for me, it's given me this whole other plane of like understanding and acceptance and healing around who I am now and the traumas that I had when I was younger. Sex can be so many wonderful things. But it's interesting when you open your mind up to figuring out why those things actually turn you on. I've had shame issues with liking being smacked in the face. It's what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you want this in your life? It's so aggressive or it's so this or it's so whatever that shame-based response is. And then when the feeling is just, I don't fucking care, like I like it. And then I can go back and go, oh fuck, okay. Yeah. Like this happened to me when I was younger and yeah, it's something that I like now, but why do I like it now? And what feelings of impairment does it bring? And it does. It just it's such a beautiful 
thing for me that I don't have to be so shameful because the stuff that happens to you in your childhood is all based in shame because it's happening to you. It's being forced upon you by other people that are not meant to be doing these things to you. Parents, lovers, siblings, uncles, friends of families, like whatever that is, it's all shame that it heaps on you. And when you're opening yourself up to this whole other understanding of, I didn't like to be beaten as kids, but I like to be beaten now. I just can't tell you like how much healing it has done for me and how much more it has helped me in my sexual pinnacle moments, like my erotic moments, just riding that vibe and being in the moment and not having to feel like shit because I'm getting spanked or I'm like, ball gagged and I'm drooling profusely and maybe this doesn't appeal to somebody else. Maybe this is like on the edge of things that people are shamed about and don't partake in. I just think everybody should get spanked like a couple times. I'm not going to do something and then follow it through. And then if it's not for you, then it's not for you. But what if it is, right? Our whole basis of our podcast is living your authentic self in your sexual exploration and your sexual identity. and. I think it's so key to do this, to have those conversations that aren't regularly talked about. What I think was interesting was when I first did this podcast, I was very (laughs) vanilla uh, in my exploration. I did a couple of things and I had little fantasies here and there. And I started getting into seeing the kinks and going, oh, that's interesting, but where do you begin? And so when I said I was going to do the podcast, I was going to learn and I was going to share it because why not? Why not have a reason, you know, to have a conversation with somebody about explain your kink to me. I can learn a little more, but at the same time, teach somebody else, like people listening on the podcast, the original intent. And then I took on a master trainer. He was going to teach me to be a master. And I thought, oh, that's great. Little woman, big whip, me. That's what I wanted to be. And so I got to flog somebody for the first time before I ever got flogged. Oh, goodness. That's an interesting way to go about it. Yeah. And it was intense. It was, I flogged a man and I flogged a woman and they both gave feedback on what they, I could do to improve and the whole learning how to read their body. And then I taught somebody how to flog, which really titillated me because I love teaching, but I added my own little twist on it, my point of view, like what I'm reading, how I read the body. And I absolutely love flogging people. I do. I I bought these beautiful floggers, $160 worth of floggers, heavy duty. They have thumpers on one end because they're made it. They have these really hardcore wood handles, but you can, you can use them as a thumper. Uh, A thumper is actually, it's a heavy device. It could be a weighted pipe it could also be a piece of wood and when it hits the body it actually thumps the body so it's called a thumper there are thumper machines which are thumper guns that's totally different it's attached to the flogger correct the handle of and has been used as a thumper many times i love my floggers a matter of fact i my lover knows now that they will always be mine even though he loves them and he uses them more than i have ever used them (laughs) But, I know. Uh, yeah. Sex toys are personal. Yeah. I have my own arsenal and they don't get used or shared with anybody else. That is my boundary. Those are mine and I bought them and they will be mine 
after we're done. <laughs> right. So I'm learning that. I'm having a hard time because I learned on other people's to- toys and tools. And now I've switched over to mine. And now it's now I want to be possessive. I'm learning how to like, no, no, this, these are mine. I, I'll use them on you, but take them and use them on anybody else. Healthy boundaries, I think, is what we're talking about. <laughs> it, it, it warrants out to you having a peace of mind and feeling much better about whatever is going on. There's so many things. We can talk about collars and stuff too. There's so many things that like have to be that way. I think, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to limit that language. I think there's a lot of things that I have found in my life. I will speak personally. How about that? That the ownership of them is part of my kink. I think. Wait, wait, let's put that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Where I, I appreciate all the tools and toys and fun things that my partners have. But knowing that they're mine and I bought them out of my honoring myself to pleasure myself, it makes it just a little bit more special. And I don't appreciate any other person's toys. Like I have toys. I will travel. I literally have an airport overhead suitcase that carries all my toys. It's got my little rollers on it. It's got my handle. It's getting a little small. It's a little backed right now. But they're all mine yeah, yeah. and they're all geared towards my pleasure. And whether I've used them on myself or not, because I certainly haven't flogged myself, but I bought them because I know that they feel good on me and they are mine. And you will not use them on anyone else because they're fucking mine. And that's my boundary. And it I'm makes so me feel I, I don't think I've had anybody use any of what they own as sex toys, partner-wise. Fuck that. <laughs> not to mention sexual health. Like, not to discount my partners. They are all amazing. Sexual health is a thing. We get tested all the time. We share our test results. People need to start fucking doing that. That needs to be another conversation. We will. Uh, we'll talk about consent and we'll talk yeah. about uh, testing. You like when you yeah. have the conversation Huge. about we're gonna talk about that in future episodes. That's a big deal yeah. for me. But I just I have tools, have toys, will travel. Right. And that's my comfort zone. And it's I, and it's a kink. I think it's super funny you say you have a traveling little suitcase. I, I think I need to buy it. I've outgrown my bag to I've had two bags. Now I have a bag of clothes, which has now outgrown the bag of clothes to two bags. <laughs> just get a big suitcase. <laughs> Dude, I need a trunk and just for toys. That hey, that's fair. That's fair. I think I do too at this point. And, and, and then my lover has the last time we went for our anniversary to a hotel, he brought in three bags. <laughs> They're duffel sized men, duffel sized bags. I brought in yeah. two bags. One yeah. was food because I had to eat. And the other one was toys, that, my toys that I travel, like my floggers mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's so fastidious. I love how he is. Like he gets there and he has to set it all out and he lines them up in the drawers. Like who uses the drawers at a hotel room? My boyfriend does. He will pull open up the drawer and he'll lay out like stuff together and he'll open up the next one, lay it out. He like spends at least an hour to two hours setting everything up and getting his mind around it, getting it all set up. <laughs> Very interesting. I love it. And he won't even use, but maybe two of them. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got options and they're all laid out perfectly. See, so here you go. That's a kink for him. We've talked about this. Like perfectionism is a sign of trauma, right? So he's honoring trauma in himself by doing these things. Even if he doesn't use them, it's part of the kink thing. So I think that's pretty awesome. I think what really inspired me to own my own stuff, my own kink bags, was my first foray in Polly, which was my ex-boyfriend. 
that was the relationship where I really delved into BDSM and bondage. And he had never done it either. And I found that I, though you talk about safe words, I've never used one. I don't know what my limits are yet. And I've done some shit. But I was super sad when we broke up that his three bags were his three bags. And I was like, oh, I've literally just lost all of my things. Like I've lost my boyfriend. I've lost the the ability to have sex like this for right now. And, and I've lost my toys. And I can't like never again, never, ever again. And so I have said about in this last year and a half since our demise of now, I will never not have my own shit again. Like I... I can't do that. I can't lose all the things. I can lose some things. Like I could shed some weight when they got to go. Fine. Get the fuck out. But I don't want to lose my shit. <laughs> I was more bummed about that, I think, than the relationship. So <laughs> that's a lot. I, I fell in love with certain to- tools with friends. Like when I was learning and growing in the BDO somewhere, I had a wonderful mentor that he had these great floggers that I loved. And I'm like, oh, I really want a set of those. He let me use them quite a few times. And when I was, we'd go to the sex club and I get to flog people. But I wanted my floggers, a set for me. And that's where yeah. I found floggers. I yeah. think it's important. I have a friend that will, has said he would like to do a podcast. He's a professional in the BDSM community. He actually does BDSM classes. And so he has this flogger that is, just the love of my life (laughs) and it's fucking expensive it's got a huge glass plug on the end that can be used as a plug and it is bison leather it is probably oh my god two and a half feet long and it's like butter and it's heavy it's heavy so though it's not like that super stinging it has girth and weight behind it a little bit of a thumping it's just yes it's very heavy and very uh physically stimulating so i love that the other thing that is a kink for me that i didn't know that this man graciously showed me is after getting your tail beaten off (laughs) whatever way he's got whips he's got paddles he's got wood we're talking leather he's got bamboo canes he's got literally like a bullwhip which scared the shit out of me, but found super hot after it had happened because of his control and his technique. Let me make this very clear. A length of chain. Ooh. And I have friends that like to have a length of chain. Like their Saturday kink night with their significant others is going to Home Depot and cutting out a length of chain. And for the women I'm talking about, have it stuffed inside them and pulled out chain by chain. Not for me is not for me, but what I do really appreciate about the chain is your skin is hot, right? You're red, you're flushed, you're on fire, and just having that cold length of chain drizzle down your back and like slowly pull down your butt, which is super hot because that's generally where you're getting it, like down your thighs, with your back, holy fuck, like that whole thing is was such an unknown thing. And I would have never, like I would have never. And now it's okay. I've been really good and I've been beaten really hard. So please give me the chain now. That's another cake for me. <laughs> please put that for oh, you. I have video. It's fucking hot. Oh, <laughs> I And it's not even sexual. It's just literally like just cooling you down as he pulls the chain. Don't uh, and just like no, I, yeah, ice cube. So dehydrate it from yeah, from our play. My lover and I. Last time we forgot to do this because we were, I was eating and he was setting up and I didn't think to go out and 
get ice like I should have. That was my job previously. And we've talked about it. You're ice queen. You're supposed to go get the ice. I'm like, I didn't think I'm going to get excited. <laughs> I was like, no. Okay. Anyways, point being is I was so dehydrated. When I get some dehydrated, like I'll start to smack my lips and he knows to put some ice cubes in my mouth and it helps me. Because we played for hours. We're talking, I think our last session was 10 hours straight. So there's a lot of dehydration going on there. And so my lips were dry and we were trying to do the Gatorade water thing and it just wasn't working. I didn't think to get up and go get ice. Anyways, long story short, the other point to ice is that if you just take an ice cube and just run it, I come. I just come from it. Like I'm shoved inside. Oh yeah. No, don't, no suggestions yet. We're talking about kinks. I'm just going to say people need options. Right? I, I, there's nothing wrong with like maybe popping one or two inside either hole for me. It's a little hard to have it like in the mouth and have it on the clip. That's an intense thing for me and it has to be done very well. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I love um, this. I love a short little fun one. Common casual. We've had some heavy stuff. We definitely will be talking about toys. My lover has suggested we should find sponsors for the toys part and then he'd be the tester. Because he. I love to tell you that since I have my own coaching business, any toy that I buy and show a client is tax deductible. <laughs> I need you. No. I can use it. So you just tell me what you want. We can talk about it. There you go. And you can always send us free toys to our. What? Yeah, send us tons of toys. I we do already have feedback on quite a few of the popular ones out there right now, but we're going to do a toy section because it'll be super fun. And I would love to be able to post on our website and our Facebook feed all these dildos that we tried out. <laughs> I think it's great. I think I'll create a scene where I can lay all my stuff out and take pictures, and we can share it with people, and people can add or or ask or whatever. I think that's what we're here for. We could build up new live shows, and maybe that's where we show. Like good arm technique for flogging because it is all in the wrist. Okay, I just I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pop in there. I'm gonna volunteer. Be <laughs> <laughs> flogging. Yeah. I love flogging. I'm it'll there. be good for me. It'll be good for them. It'll be good for you. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> all right. Check us out later. You guys go be good humans. Go be good humans. We love you guys. Can't wait for more. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. Just to let you know, you can check us and all of our resources out at orgasmicterrorist.com, or you can leave us a message by calling 503-451-5234. Go be great humans to each other. He was massaging, like he took a, a thumper. Do you have this? Have you seen the thumper? Massage guns? Yes. Oh, oh, God. You did not put that on your pussy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A couple times. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, give me my thumps. I'm scared of it.